Welcome to the BrokerCast presented by Vertica Systems. The podcast is built for business brokers by business brokers. Each week we sit down with new pros in the industry to learn their secrets, get tips, tricks, insights, and more, and how you can become a better broker and close more deals faster. Now here are your hosts, Sean Littman and Josh Factor. Hey everybody, welcome back to another great episode of the BrokerCast. We're kicking it off with episode five. Today we're sitting down with one of our group members, actually. He's part of our Facebook group, been there since the beginning. Um, is he's based out of Japan. Um, Brandon Yamada. Brandon is awesome. He's based out of Japan. He is an e-commerce buyer and broker and also he's well started in brokerage. Now he does buying. He's really super duper cool and he's sitting in Japan. I'm not going to, I can't stress that enough. He's sitting in Japan. So I am that, that, that's a fun part. And we're going to have a wonderful conversation with Brandon because we've been back and forth now for quite a few weeks, getting, getting everything ironed out. And he's got a lot to share. He's got a lot of knowledge in this field and a lot in this space. Um, but before we jump into the show, I just wanted to do a little station identification. Um, this podcast is probably sponsored by Vertica Systems, the ultimate CRM for any business broker or buyer, anybody who's looking to make their lives easier, sell more, sell faster, sell much more efficiently. Vertica Systems, Vertica CRM is the key to it all. And literally when I say everything all in one, it is literally all in one put in there for you. And we are we are one of the, one of the biggest systems out there, one of the longest running systems out there, trusted by some of the best and largest brokerages in the country and around the world to make sure that their data is safe and their data is there and, and their brokers are closing more deals faster. So Vertica Systems, you can check out the link in the show notes for a demo. And I'm Sean Littman with my co-host Josh Factor. Brandon Yamato, what's good, homie? How's Japan? Hey guys, thank you so much for having me on. Um, Japan's awesome. I'm on the countryside, so there's a lot of ni- nice nature out here. But even if you're enjoying the city side, it's great. Um, but happy to be able to be out here just, uh, you know, working in the e-commerce industry. You can kind of go anywhere you want most of the time. So here I am and just happy to be chatting with you guys. Yeah, for sure. So, so what's your deal? How did you get into all this into, into e-com? Because there's a lot of business, I, I, we, the past conversations we've had and Josh is a former broker himself and he sort of had a niche. Um, you know, everybody has their niche. Like, how did you get into e-com and how did you get into non-physical entities? Yeah. So a really good question. Um, you know, I started out as a broker in the e-commerce space, right? So brokering as a whole, there's so many different industries. The reason I chose e-commerce, I really like the industry. It made a lot of sense to me personally. So um, I was looking at the trajectory of how e-commerce has grown, Shopify and Amazon just growing so well. It's something that made sense to me, but I wasn't really an ads guy. Um, Mm -hmm. I was more in the the selling aspect because my background is in selling. And so after kind of some looking around and taking inventory of, you know, where my interests and strengths lie, brokering kind of popped up. I was like, let's broker e-commerce businesses. So I started the hard way. There wasn't really a book written on this stuff, um, but through trial and error, learned a lot of things and, uh, you know, happy for it because there's so many things that you can do with that background. M&A is so applicable in so many different realms. So that's how I got my start is this because I, it made a lot of sense to me. That's pretty cool. I mean, I know, I mean, I actually, I'm a marketer. And part of, and one of the things we do is with our agency is we do e-commerce as well. And so I'm very familiar with all this stuff. And I'm also very familiar with the, with buying and selling e-commerce platforms. There's, what do you, what do you, what are your thoughts on these different sites like Flippa and some of these other like marketplaces where people can, where people put up their e-com sites for sale and people can buy them? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, 
the whole process that these guys do. Yeah. And I think it's grown so much since I got into the industry. I started five years ago, right? And I remember when Flippa was just starting to get, you know, a lot more popular. Now it's just such a cornerstone, right? And there's so many different listing platforms out there. Um, I think one of the most common things I'm seeing out there is there's a lot of people that are trying to sell on these platforms, but there's a good lack of education in terms of knowing what a sellable e-commerce business looks like before they go to even try to list it. So you have a lot of uh, businesses that aren't selling in the first place, uh, taking months of time. But uh, I think the rise of the buying and selling e-commerce businesses out there is it's getting so popular. And so I think it's an excellent tool. There's just, there needs to be a little bit more education. And I think that's where brokers can kind of step in and really help out with these owners. But, uh, you know, they all have their, their pros and cons, uh, but as an industry, it's getting really popular and it's really growing. More people are buying e-commerce businesses and selling them. That makes sense. And, and do you also deal with YouTube channels as well? Like, cause YouTube, like I know people are very into buying and selling YouTube channels, which I yeah. think is kind of stupid because the, the, <laughs> the reason the channel was successful is because the guy who started the channel and his brainchild behind it. Yep. But like it, you, you do that so, as well. That's interesting that you mentioned that. I don't personally uh, buy YouTube channels and I know it's definitely gained a lot more popularity. You see a lot of it uh, coming up on social media, especially. Mm-hmm. And I actually share the same concerns that you have because with the e-commerce businesses that I've bought and sold, um, a lot of them have social media channels like their Facebook, their Instagram, their YouTube or whatnot. But right. to rely on that as a sole business, I think is challenging for one of the reasons you mentioned is a lot of these are driven, created and scaled by the owners themselves. And they right. usually don't have a team of people doing it for them. Right. So when you think of it in terms of an acquisition, what that's going to look like post acquisition for the buyer um, is that trend going to keep going the same way? Probably not. But if it's automated to that level, then you know, that's great. But I think in terms of an acquisition, you know, there might be some uh, other things to kind of consider if you're in that realm. No, for sure. Because with e-com, especially, you know, it, a lot of it has to do with the people who started it. And and a lot of the sales are driven through social channels. I know, for example, for again, being an ads guy, I've scaled, I've scaled e-commerce companies with, um, with, with ads and, you know, a lot of it comes through social. And if you're just trying to, and if you're trying to sell it and you're not maintaining the social channels, you're not going to be very successful with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Let me ask you a question. Many of the people that I, uh, that I, I deal with and I work with on a day to day basis know that I'm, I have a long history of being a business broker. At this point, I'm a <laughs> retired business broker working primarily in providing technology solutions for business brokers. But some of the principles are pretty much the same. Tell me about what you do when you need to get a deal done. You know, I know that, you know, you're not necessarily located in the continental United States, but who cares? It doesn't matter. I may not be located anywhere in close to, you know, the company headquarters or New York or anywhere else in the United States, but I have clients all over the world and we provide support to clients all over the world. But in your industry, in, in buying buying e-commerce businesses and, and in brokering e-commerce businesses, tell me about some of the, the things that you need to do unique to the way you run your business. Yeah. So, you know, back when I was brokering e-commerce businesses, uh, one of the beauties with these e-commerce brands is you don't often, you you often don't have physical locations. So you don't have to have a site tour. You know, you don't have to sit down at a table and, you know, have the seller and the buyer talk or whatnot, but you still have all the aspects of the deal in terms of 
you know, making sure the right information is being provided, hopping on these calls, managing all the prospects, uh, you know, that's a still a very much a part of e-commerce businesses. So even though there might be less things in the due diligence phase and with the transfer or whatnot, you still have to deal with all the typical stuff that you would when brokering other businesses or whatnot. So it's really important to be able to manage those prospects and those leads because there's so much uh, buying attention in the e-commerce business space. So you have to be able to effectively manage those leads and stay on top of them so you can find the right buyers, the right offers. Um, and so that's still very much a part of it. And it's, uh, you know, it takes time and it takes focus and effort. All right. That's probably something that you really use a lot of help with, especially if you have a a uh, very powerful technology system that'll help you manage all of your leads. But I'm not plugging the CRM at this point. Yeah, well, I think the CRM is really important though, because um, I remember, you know, back when I was starting, you look at the kind of the typical options that you have out there, and you know, I was trying to use HubSpot for brokering businesses, and that mm-hmm. did not work out for me. You know, I'm not selling right. insurance leads, right? We're selling businesses, and so. When you have something that is tailor fit to that, you think of like car dealerships and real estate agents and the CRMs that they use, they're customized to what they use, uh, what they do. And so it makes sense to have something that is geared towards, you know, brokering and buying and selling businesses specifically. So I think it makes a lot of sense to invest in that if that's going to be your tool, you know, to get businesses sold ultimately. No, 100%. Tell me about, you know, what you've done in order to really extract value out of your leads. Yeah, I think... uh one of the things I like to do, um, I feel like it can get really overwhelming with the amount of leads that you can get, especially if you're working with a brokerage, you have access to email lists and you have, you know, ample amounts of prospects. But when you, when you're dealing with all these prospects, whether it's hundreds or thousands of people, um, you got to think, I, I like to keep in front of my mind, you know, who's got my money, who's got, who's going to be the person that's going to potentially buy the businesses, right? So I have to prioritize, um, you know, who my A players are, who's qualified to buy these businesses, who's not. Um, and I need to make sure that I'm having consistent contact with them at multiple points. So, you know, some people might get an email inquiry in from a lead and I might email them back and hope that, you know, they'll reply to them or, you know, sign an NDA or whatnot. Um, but I think you, you really need to understand that from the broker's perspective, that's my, that might be what we're seeing. But from the buyer's perspective, your listing could be one of dozens that they're inquiring on. They could forget about us in the hour. They could forget about us, you know, in a week or the next day or something like that. So, you know, it's, you have to have multiple points of communication and, and touch points so that your deal stays in front of their face. And the way I like to do that is, I'll have, you know, of course, email with proper follow-ups, automations. I like to text them. And above all that, I like to pick up the phone, especially if they're well-qualified. I know they have proof of funds or pre-qualified. I pick up that phone. Hey, John, I know you inquired on our listing. You know, what led you to it in the first place? What did you like about it? And establishing that rapport, because how many people pick up the phone nowadays, right, with brokers? And so, you know, getting your... Phone calls are important, though, because I'm the same way, dude. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Like, I'm the same way. Like, phone calls are super important because I find it's easier to have a conversation. So many things, so many problems, and so many can be solved with just picking up the phone. I hate texting. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think... uh, Picking up the phone, when you think of it from the buyer's perspective and you actually get a call from the broker, you know, it's showing that you really care uh, about their acquisition and, you you know, you're serious about the listing and you're serious about the support. Um, So I think I think it's great for that. And if you follow up with email and with, uh, you know, text and stuff, that's great. But I think picking up the phone should be, you know, uh, up front. For sure. 
speaking on the phone that that it, it creates the personal person personability the 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 emotional aspect that's more important than than anything else um but i will say that one of the things that we have found extremely powerful is a tool that we've designed for business brokers and all of our customers use it and i wish i had it when i was brokering businesses is drip campaigns yeah contacting mm-hmm. sellers once a month you know, uh, an email, here's an article that, uh, you know, I, that I wrote or I saw in Forbes magazine or, or, hey, let's, let me treat you to a cup of coffee. And the same thing works for buyers as well. Really, really important stuff. Yeah, well, absolutely. That's the key. Follow-ups lead to fortunes, though. Like, when I, I remember a long time ago when my first sales gigs, I was selling Herbalife. Anybody, if any of you guys know what Herbalife is, <laughs> no. And the, and I remember, I, I didn't understand why all these guys were up like dancing and clapping and cheering, you know, ML, typical MLM stuff. But this one guy gets up on stage and he said, and he, and he says something stuck in my head for like for the past like 12 years, I've been in sales and, and marketing and everything. Follow-ups lead to fortunes, whether it's phone calls, whether it's emails, whether it's retargeting ads, whether it's any type of follow-up system, as long as you have a good follow-up system, you will, you will make money. You'll be successful because, and, and it's not being nudgy. It's not being pushy. It's not being a pest. It's real straight up, just continuing that conversation and making sure you're top of mind. Because you said it before, like these guys get, are, are going through and looking for different deals and looking for, they, they want to buy businesses. So they come out, reach out to a bunch of brokers. So you're not necessarily top of mind, but when you follow up with them and you do it in a, in a, in a, in a proper way, you become top of mind. You're like, oh, that guy followed up with me. That guy's up, you know, then you get that deal. Then you win the deal. Yeah. And I think behind all that, right? Because no matter what kind of business you're selling, you still have that human aspect of it. It is still a human to human, you know, business at the end of the day. And so mm-hmm. when you're showing that you're, you really care about them and you're following up with them, you're establishing that rapport and they're going to have that much more confidence in the deal and in you yourself, you know? So I don't know about, you know, some of the other brokers, but when I do one successful deal with someone, you know, they like, they like using me again for business down the road. So, you know, absolutely, I think follow-up builds fortunes, and it's important to be able to manage all that uh, efficiently and effectively. Yeah, for sure. And, and then, again, this is why having the right tools for the job is is really important. If you don't have a, a – and you said it before, like you started using HubSpot. And I know this a lot of people, like they, they get tricked into the big box CRM systems because it's like, oh, it's HubSpot or Salesforce or whatever – but like, if it's not right for you, you're, you're only losing money because these guys, these guys charge a bunch of money. For instance, they charge, you have to have a developer on hand. I always make the joke about Salesforce is that Salesforce and HubSpot were built to give developers jobs. And, you know, when you don't have the right tools that are designed for you, it, it, it doesn't make your life easier and you're not going to close any more deals faster. So totally. Yeah, I think uh, when it comes, go ahead. Go ahead, please. Yeah, I think when you know it, it might be different for when when people are selling something different than businesses, right? But when you're talking about six, seven, eight, maybe even nine figure businesses, right? Um, your tools have to be right. You know, we're we're not selling insurance policies, and nothing against insurance policies or whatnot. But I think having a proper tool for that, you have to be able to rely on your CRM. It's the lifeblood of being able to manage your leads effectively and ultimately getting to, you know, your, your right offers, your right buyer. Right. So I think it's a, I think it's as crucial as it can be. It's your, it's your tool. For sure. You know, when I, let me ask you another question, if you don't mind. Um, I'm really very curious. When I, when I, I, I have 
I, I was brokering businesses for about 15 years or so. And then I realized that, you know, there's a real vacuum of good technology for business brokers. So I decided to fill that vacuum. So I transitioned away from business brokerage into providing tech solutions for business brokers. No, the industry, I thought it was a great fit. Why did you transition away from brokering and going moving into buying? Weren't you having yeah. the time of your life brokering businesses? Well, uh, I definitely learned a lot in the brokering space. Um, you know, I feel like there's no bad experiences. There's just learning experiences, right? And I learned a lot of things the hard way because I didn't work for a brokerage. I worked for myself and it was uh, it was tough. So I think with that, when you're learning how to sell businesses as a broker, like it's still an M&A skill, right? So I think it's applicable on the sales side, but also the buy side. Um, and that's very valuable, right? So, you know, as I was working as a broker, I developed connections and I, you know, had people that could have been, you know, potential partners. And that's ultimately what led me to the buy side of things is, uh, you know, I had this great skill set. I was able to find off-market opportunities to potentially broker. And so I just kind of flipped that around and said, hey, let's buy these brands and I'll partner up mm -hmm. with uh, other buyers or people who can run the ad side of it or whatever. And uh, that's how I got my first start was with that. And so, uh, you know, to me, it just made a lot of sense. And I think this is something that other brokers should maybe be looking at is looking at the opportunity with their skill set that they have as brokers and exploring the buy side. Or if, even, if, even if they don't want to buy the businesses themselves, you could still partner with other people. There's buy side brokering, right? Not just sell side brokering. And uh, there's a lot of opportunity in it. And so that's why I personally made the jump. Uh, my brokering experience has served me very well because I can see both sides of it now. And uh thankful for every bit of it, but you know, I probably won't go back to brokering for me personally, but I think it's a great industry to be in. That's really awesome. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, look at that. So that. Um, so I guess one more question before we wrap it up with you is what advice would you give to somebody who's looking to start getting into buying or selling e-com businesses, specifically <laughs> e-com? Because again, we're dealing with something that's, we're dealing with something that's not tangible and there's a lot more factors that go into place with, with when you're dealing with, with e-com. So what <laughs> advice would you give somebody who's looking to like, let's say be you five years ago? Yeah. So if you're, if you're looking to get into the industry, whether it's the, the buy side or the sell side, I think it's important to have a cornerstone understanding of M&A in general, right? So like when I first started out, I read M&A for dummies uh, against my own pride. Um, turns out as a excellent book, it's actually, if I had any one book to recommend to anyone in the acquisition space, that's a great book. So just having a foundational understanding of how the buying and selling of businesses work from a textbook perspective, I think is a good foundation just to be able to understand what the acquisition process looks like and what an LOI is, what a purchase agreement is, what due diligence is. I think that's a great foundation to start with. And as you get into the e-commerce space, you'll see that there's so many different types of e-commerce businesses. So I think familiarizing yourself with the different types of e-commerce businesses that are out there. So whether you're on Flippa and just looking through the filters of different types of e-commerce businesses, and then spending you know a minute each on Google, just looking up the summary of what that is. What's an FBA, Amazon FBA business? What's a mm. Shopify business? And you have AI now, which will break it down for you like you're a five-year-old. So um, I think, you know, familiarizing yourself uh, with, with what's out there is good. And then when you can kind of contrast with what makes sense to you and what might match your personal uh, past successes and history and skills or whatnot, you can kind of pick out which industry you might want to be in, whether it's buying or selling. 
Um, and then being a part of good groups. So like, you know, you guys run a really good group on Facebook. I know, you know, being a part of a professional community, um, there's other communities that are out there really, really good too. So getting plugged in and actually hearing what these real buyers and sellers are doing is really important. And, uh, just learning, keeping an open mind and not feeling like, you know, everything going into it. Cause nobody does. Oh yeah. Being humble is one of the most important qualities of a good broker. Absolutely. Yeah. Listen, one last thing before we uh, sign off for, uh, for to the broker cast today. How can we help you? What's, what's your goal? What are you, you're looking to buy the best business. What are you looking for in a business and, and what's your ideal? business that you're looking to uh, acquire? Yeah, that's a, a great question. And you guys already provide, provide a great deal of value just with the connections I made in the group and, you know, uh, connecting with individuals. I think it's great. Uh, for me personally, the the brands that we're looking at, so our acquisition criteria, our thesis is based on established e-commerce brands that are ideally five years or older. Um, we'll look at anything that's three years or older and ideally doing 500,000 plus earnings, whether it's SDE, EBITDA or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And we'd like to have brands that are unique. So nothing that's drop shipping uh, or highly mm-hmm. commoditized products, uh, things that are unique brands that are decade durable, I think are really important. And then of course, brands that are properly documented. So people who um, are doing their own bookkeeping or uh, using some of these apps to track their profit loss. You know, that's not going to work out. It's not going to fly uh, with our funding sources. So, you know, between all that, that's kind of the baseline of what we're looking for. We really like uh, niches that are going to, you know, stay around for a while. So we don't really like electronics or highly commoditized niches. We like home. We like outdoors, mom, baby, Ooh. hobby-based niches. I think those are all great. Um so some of the niches that we focus on, but we'll pretty much look at anything, even if it's not Shopify based. If if you have a strong presence on Amazon, you know, that's fine too. Uh, but we like to focus on Shopify brands because our strengths are in optimizing the ad side, optimizing the SEO, the email. Um, those are quick ways that we can optimize a brand and, you know, grow it 30, 50% over six months. Uh, and so that's what we're really going after. That's really great. How could our listeners get in contact with you if they have something that they think you'd consider? Yeah, absolutely. You can reach out to me on Facebook. You can look me up, uh, Brandon Yamada. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Uh, you can email me, um, Ecom Exchange. If you Google us up, you'll lead you to our website. There's a contact form as well, but I'm always at, you know, I'm pretty much always glued to my desk or my phone. So if you, uh, shoot me a message on social media, you'll be able to reach out to me and happy to connect with anyone in the, in the industry in general. I'm always posting about buying and selling e-commerce businesses. So. Perfect. Just, you know, just for the record, what is your website? Our website is ecom. So E-C-O-M hyphen exchange, E-X-C-H-A-N-G-E dot com. I try to get the non-hyphenated, but like some Google guy has it and he won't sell it to me. So. You know, I have a hyphen domain, and that's just how it's going to stay. <laughs> very good. Well, thank you very much cool. for uh, spending time with us today. Likewise, thank you guys so much. Appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks for listening to another great episode right. of The BrokerCast, powered by Vertica Systems and hosted by Sean Littman and Josh Factor. Tune in next week as we sit down with another great power hitter in the brokerage world. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on all major podcasting platforms. And to learn more about Vertica, visit www.verticacrm.com.